I call it luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Welcome to episode 153 of the CantoBite Dispatch. I'm Emily Lind, and with me, as always, it's my delightful co-host, Brittany Brown. Hi, Brittany. Hello. How are you? I'm all right. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Just trying to stay out of this California heat. Yeah, how bad is it out there? I think yesterday I got to 100. Okay, that's pretty hot. Yeah, and it's not fun either, because I have to, like, wear a bunch of clothes to stay away from the sun so and because I I think I'd rather do that than be lathered in sunscreen though because I do not like the sunscreen feel or smell like I don't like the smell of sunscreen like I I'm very conscious about how I smell like I always oh I love the smell of sunscreen I like it when I'm at the beach but I don't like it when I'm like running errands and I'm just like I can feel like I can smell myself but you like you still wear it on your face, right? Mm-hmm. I have to, or else okay. my fate, my dermatologist will curse me forever. How's your week been? Uh, it was okay, pretty uneventful. But July's finally over, so that's good. Yes, on to August. It was like the longest July ever. It was 31 days is too many days in a month unless you're December. <laughs> I just think it was like that it felt more like it was about like 331 days. But did March have 31 days also? I mean, it does. Oh, then yeah, I just feel like the months of like March and like July were just like not ending with bad things. Yeah, I mean, everything's been bad forever. But, um, yay. But, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for August. Um, I am officially going to no longer be working in the casino uh, starting in a couple weeks. So I am really excited to move on to the next chapter of my life. Well, that's good. I mean, congrats. I know it wasn't like under the most ideal of circumstances, but you know, 
getting out of there seems like a good plan. Yeah, I'm really excited. You know, I was there for eight years. You know, I was I was 16 when I first got there. So I I grew up there and I learned so much about myself and about what I want to do, like career wise. So I'm very thankful for that and I'm very thankful for just the lessons that I learned, the people that I met, uh, the things that I went through that made me a better, stronger person. So I'm excited for new beginnings. August is going to bring a lot of that and a lot of so, so many great opportunities for me. So I can't wait. That's good. I mean, August is a little bit weird because I feel like right now I should be getting all excited for Star Wars Celebration. Oh, yeah. And now that's not happening. Yeah, maybe we can have like a little like virtual celebration. Yeah, it's just weird. Like it just fucking sucks. Like, I mean, obviously it can't happen and shouldn't happen, but the fact that it can't and shouldn't happen fucking blows because I wanted to see all my friends. I know. I I got an email this morning from D23 saying that they were going to, like, renew my account. And I'm like, God, I'd kill to go to one of those conventions. Like, obviously, like, not right now, but just, like, any convention or just, like, anything normal. Like, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to, like, walk outside and be like, oh, I forgot my mask. Or, you know, I feel like that's going to be, like, a forever thing is just that and like being cautious about like touching people and you know hugging them or handshakes like that I feel like it's a thing of the past and that's really shitty it's weird to be consciously aware of what could be permanent like giant social changes because we think of that as something that happens like slowly and gradually and you sort of don't notice it and then suddenly like things are but this is like such an obvious thing that might just be this is how we live now and that is weird yeah it's it's super weird it's definitely an adjustment but i don't know i mean hopefully it'll make us better people hopefully you know those out there are being smart and cautious about it and if you aren't, then stop listening to our fucking podcast. Because I don't like you. Yeah, please. Please go away. <laughs> uh, let's see. On the plus side, I ordered some Baby Yoda pajama pants this morning from Target. Oh, that's wonderful. I'm very happy. Give me all of the Baby Yoda I just love pajama pants. Like, just give me all the Baby Yoda pajama pants. And of course, because people are dumb, like, they only have them, like, in the, like, it's in the, like, men's section at Target. And I'm like, well, that's fucking stupid. They're pajama pants. I know, but theirs have pockets. So. I know, but that's also stupid. Yeah, it's stupid. But still, you got Baby Yoda in the end. But yeah, we should fight for our right to get pockets in our pajamas and Yoda in our pajamas. Yeah, it was annoying. But I'm grateful that my friend 
Gora told me about them. Because I immediately went on to Target and like, need to find the Baby Yoda pants. And I did. What other Baby Yoda merch have you bought in the past couple weeks? Oh, I pre-ordered the Hot Toys Mandalorian with child uh, six scale figure. With child? So is he pregnant? Yes. Congrats. I mean, maybe. Maybe we don't know how. We don't know how Mandalorians roll. But yeah, he's with child. That's great. Yeah, and it comes like I the, I wasn't going to order it quite yet because I had been sort of going back and forth. But they have a deluxe edition that comes with two Baby Yodas because the regular edition just has Baby Yoda. But the deluxe edition comes with Baby Yoda and the little egg space pram. <laughs> and I wanted that. And it was only like 40 bucks more. And mostly I, I ended up only paying like 70 because I had enough side throw points. And I like I was going back and forth on it. But I'm just like, I love I love the Mandalorian. Even if the second season ends up fucking sucking. I like the first season so much. And I love I love Baby Yoda. God, I really don't want that to suck. But yeah, that's worth it. Baby Yoda's worth all the future disappointment possibly in the season two of Mandalorian. What's amazing is I have not gotten sick of Baby Yoda. I don't think anyone should. Like, anytime I see toys of Baby Yoda, anytime I see, like, the gifts of Baby Yoda, especially the gift, the gift when he, when um, he's all doing, like, the little happy smile as he's speeding in front of um, IG. Like, it's just, like, the little smile with the ears going. Like, that gift gets me every every single time I see it. It's just so good. Uh, oh, and speaking of, it got 15 Emmy nominations and not all of them technical nominations, which is super weird. I, and I don't mean that in a way that like it doesn't deserve it, but the Emmys and you know the Oscars and like stuff like that has always been weird with genre stuff. Now, obviously, you have something like Watchmen because that's a big prestige. We're saying something genre, whereas The Mandalorian is totally just like this like little sci-fi show. It's not like a huge like allegory. I mean, like, allegory, not so much with Watchmen is straight up about racism, but it is it's interesting to see that because they did get nominated for Outstanding Drama. Um, Taiga got Outstanding Character Voiceover Performance for RG11. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito got Outstanding Guest Actor. And then, and then it got things that, you know, like you would expect more, like cinematography and costumes and editing and makeup and music, which is also really cool. I'm glad to see that. And special effects, like the special effects things totally like expect to see that. But the, the outstanding drama one really surprised me. I hope it wins for outstanding drama, but I know it's not. It absolutely shouldn't. Like, I love it. It's maybe my favorite TV show of the year, but anything other than, like, Watchmen winning is crazy pants to think about. Like, it just shouldn't win. But the fact that it got nominated as the Star Wars TV show on Disney Plus is pretty fucking cool. Is Watchmen that good? Yeah. 
Oh, actually, Watchmen might be limited series. I don't know quite how those definitions always work. Outstanding drama series 2020. Do to do to do. Man, you can't just give me a fucking straight up list. <laughs> Succession. Ozark. The Crown. Better Call Saul. The Morning Show, which fuck that shit. That show is terrible. Handmaid's Tale, Big Little Lies, Pose, Westworld, Stranger Things, Killing Eve, This Is Us. Oh, this is just the, oh, this is the wrong stuff. That's like for nominations. Yeah, uh, it's it. Yeah, Watchmen is in uh, limited series because outstanding dramas: Better Call Saul, Killing Eve, Ozark, Stranger Things, Succession, The Crown, Handmaid's Tale, and The Mandalorian. In which case, it should be Succession, but you know, I saw something wrong in the Emmys nominations that I think you thought was wrong too. Is that a complete lack of Ben Mendelsohn? Yeah, like. Where is he? Like, first, he's not being announced, being cast in the casting series. And then, number two, he's not announced to possibly win an award at the Emmys from his fantastic performance in The Outsider. Like, I would, yeah, I was a little surprised in that. Um, I think absolutely, like, because it would have been, it would have been, again, in limited series. So let me see who else is up it like for that. But limited series lead actor. Hugh Jackman, Jeremy Pope for Hollywood, Mark Ruffalo, um, Paul Mesco, and Jeremy Irons. Um the fact that anybody like Jeremy Pope, like Hollywood sucked so badly that I don't like to see anybody from that fucking being nominated, but I can't argue with Jeremy Irons, even though he's a weird piece of shit. Uh, I mean, I didn't <laughs> see Badge Education, so I can't judge Hugh Jackman. Uh, the weird thing about the Mark Laughlin nomination is I don't know a single person who watched or liked I Know This Much Is True. I don't know. I think... Again, like it sounds weird to talk about them like mistreating genre when we've gotten some stuff from Mandalorian and when Watchmen like set records. But again, Watchmen is like an issue show and a very good one and deserved every nomination it got. But oh, I don't think you're ever going to see a horror series get much like every once in a while. But for the most part, like that was a good show and I think he's great in it, but it just sort of flew under the radar with some of the other stuff which is a shame because i think he was great and the well, woman who played too. holly 
What were you going to say? Yeah. Yeah. Issa, I think it's uh, Issa Rae that played Holly. She did phenomenal. I'm sad to see that she didn't get a nomination. Yeah. It's a shame. Um, I don't know. Like it was a little bit, I think I think it's a bummer, but I'm never I'm never shocked to not see a horror series get nominations. Yeah. Well, Jason Bateman got um like best like guest actor in a limited series or something or in a series for the outsider did he i know he was up for um for ozark i didn't see he was up for outsider yeah he's always up for something because that ozark yeah no he's not listed here i thought he was i swear to god i thought i saw his name unless he was a no, again, like, I think he was for, for Ozark. Let me look it up. Jason Bateman, Emmys. No, he wasn't even. He did. Oh, yeah, he got, yeah, for Ozark, he was lead actor. Yeah. Yeah, outstanding guest actor in a drama series, uh, Jason Bateman as Terry Maitland in The Outsider. Oh, that's weird. So that would have, they counted that as a drama and not a limited series. Well, I think they're counting it as a drama series because they're in talks of doing like a season two, I believe. Yeah, but that's the way, huh? That's interesting. Well, regardless. Like, he was great. Yeah, he's so good. Though I will say I'm I'm all for Esposito winning that one. Oh, he better. Although James Cromwell was awesome as basically playing James Cromwell in succession. Yeah. Well, I see the Mandalorian definitely winning like all like the technical awards. Because I feel like that's just such a successful show like everyone yeah but I think I think there's a couple of those that Watchmen might scoop up maybe but hey as long as they win at least a couple which they should like the show was so good that it deserves some pats on the back yeah I I feel like they they'll, they'll scoop up some some technicals but honestly like it's like I know that whole like it's an honor just to be nominated thing but i think in reality like for a show like the mandalorian like it's a huge deal that they got nominated (laughs) it's fucking weird that they got nominated for outstanding drama and again i fucking i love the show like but it's 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 not something i ever expected to see well emily it is an outstanding drama like there's there's just so much going on 
so much lore, so much Baby Yoda. Like, that's just so dramatic. Just everyone trying to kill Baby Yoda. and I love Baby Yoda so much. He's worth the drama. So much love for Baby Yoda. Well, should we talk about the other Star Wars TV show news? Yeah. Which is, according to our friends over at Castle Run Transmissions, uh, our buddy Tarkin is going to be in the Cassian show. Which I'm pretty fucking stoked for. What are your thoughts? I'm excited. I I thought it was funny because I watched their little live stream where they announced it. And it was so cute that uh, Noah on his green screen, like put up like what character was going to be in it. And I was just part of me was just like, please be Mendo, please be Mendo, please be Mendo. (laughs) And I saw the uniform and I was like, oh, my God, it's Tarkin. But I... I like it. I'm fine with it, but I almost think it costs more to do the CGI face up with Tarkin rather than call up Bad Mendelssohn and be like, "Hey, buddy, do you want to do something with Disney Plus?" Like, here's the thing: I wish they would do. Just fucking cast somebody as Tarkin. Like, I totally will accept another actor, like a real person who has real human eyes. Then I will, like, I don't care if, I don't even care if he fucking looks like Peter Cushing at all. Like, it will take me less time to adjust to that than it would to, like, see this fucking CGI cartoon again. Maybe. Like, if they do it again, hopefully they... The eyes, the eyes are never right. Doesn't matter how good the rest of the like faces, the eyes are never right, and it's very different when you have a character that is supposed to be human versus an alien character. Like I can watch Lord of the Rings, and Gollum will make me feel emotions because Gollum is a Gollum. He's not. He's like a little monster dude. So if he doesn't look quite right, it doesn't have the same disconnect as a human being not looking quite right. Well, like. What if they're setting up that Moff Tarkin is not human? <sighs> See, no, like I want to have an actual discussion about this. <laughs> you never know. I mean, Darth Maul no, came back like, five I times. No, like I want to have an actual discussion about this. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. Like, ends me trying to talk about it. Like, I just, I don't know. Like, I think, I think it's a, it gets so weird that they become so obsessed with the technology over just being like, hey, obviously it's not going to be Peter Cushing we can just have another guy plenty of shows have recast actors before fuck man soap operas do it all the goddamn time here's what happens in a soap opera somebody a a new actor will come on playing a character who's been there for 30 years and a voiceover in the middle of the show will tell you oh such and such is now being played by so and so and that's all it ever is and everybody's like okay fucking fine that's that guy now you look completely different, has different color hair, but hey, that that we're just going to call him Ethan from now on and pretend that nothing ever happened. <laughs> it's fine. You get used to it. I just also, don't know yeah. how many people will accept that. 
what, what, I mean, what does acceptant mean? Like, you just do it. You say he's Tarkin, then he's fucking Tarkin. I mean, you have multiple people voicing the same role. Yeah. Who's the guy they had in Revenge of the Sith? can never remember his name. Maybe they'll call him up, but... Uh, Guy Henry, who played him in Rogue One, has said that he has not been approached to play Tarkin. Hmm. Which seems weird to me. Because of all the problems I had with Tarkin in Rogue One, Guy Henry's performance was absolutely not one of them. Frankly, I think you could just get Guy Henry to play him He's got the sunken cheekbones. He's fucking weird looking. You don't need to like map over this fucking cartoon with dead eyes. He's fucking weird looking. He is. <laughs> oh, that's so. He's not ugly. He's just fucking weird looking. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's a sign that they're going through the. They're going to just hire a person route instead of just copying and pasting someone's face to someone another's someone's face you know yeah it's just um i'm worried about it because if like we're seeing him like multiple times throughout a tv show like i just i feel like it could be really distracting because it turns out when you're acting uh, uh eyes are pretty important and if you can't capture that correctly then then there's there's issues yeah I'm I'm trying to decide whether this makes it more or less likely that we're going to get Krennic. I just think, why wouldn't we? Like, why would we just be introduced to this character in Rogue One without knowing anything else about him and the tiffs that he has with Tarkin? Like, we have to get more information on him. We have to. Well, here's why not, maybe, which is, does he want to come back and do a TV show? He loved being Mendo. He loved being Mendo? You know what I mean. <laughs> he loved being uh, chronic. I forgot his yeah, name. Yeah, I don't know, but he's got, I mean, he's got plenty of fucking work. And I don't know if he wants to do like a Disney Plus show. And maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. But that, I feel like that could be the hang up more than like is there room for that character on the show because absolutely like I think I'm and not just because I like this character but I also just like the idea of having more than one villain and having two villains who do not like each other I'd rather have that than them bring in a villain who we just kind of like we know he's not going to make it until like the next couple films or just throwaway villains you know like in the animated series you know knowing that they're not going to last as long well you know having villains that you know last through you know a movie or two is kind of better because you know that the bad guys are going to succeed while the good guys are going to you know you kind of know the fate you know how difficult it's going to be to see that fate And I think if you have, if you have Krennic, then you can, 
like you can make this interesting thing of the idea that like maybe he's always been one of Cassian's targets in terms of like trying to figure out what the project is that the super secret project is that Krennic's working on before they figure out about the Death Star. Like I think I think that's a cool running thing to have behind your show. And then makes Rogue One cooler by extension that there's this history there, even if even if Krennic himself isn't particularly aware of it. He's not aware of anything. I love it. But then you get like them fighting, which is much more interesting than just like, here's your one bad guy who rules over all the other bad guys who never like, you know, challenge him. And then like, that's your, that's your only conflict. Like have, have conflict like within. It's one of the things as much as I love The Last Jedi, I, I wish that they hadn't, um, I wish that they hadn't kneecapped their other villain and turned him into a joke. Like, I think they like all putting all of the focus on Kylo and sort of making, making Hux into this sort of silly in way over his head to get tossed around guy is, is a detriment to that movie. Because he's so scary in the first one. That speech he gives is so good. Yeah. God, I forgot he died. I mean, and then, then, you know, like fucking Rise of Skywalker makes it even worse. But I just liked the idea so much of him, like him, like knowing how much more powerful Kylo is than him but like being able to work behind the scenes and have enough political influence to sort of at least attempt to balance that out but I always want more nuance in my my villain stories yeah if if we get like a spy thing again like if there's like someone that gets undercover as a spy I, I don't know what I'm going to do because I feel like I see that so goddamn much in Star Wars. Like, just give me, like, a new scenario. Well, we don't. I mean, when else have we, like, we never really, like, gone into it at all. Yeah. Like, like where have we actually explored that in Star Wars and, like, explored what it would mean to be a spy? I mean, there's always talk of spies, you know, like. In- yeah, but that's, like, a different than, like, actually doing anything with it. I mean, the closest it comes is resistance. Ugh. Kaz. And that's basically the fucking James Bond type of spy where you just go around telling everybody you're a spy. At least James Bond looks better doing it. Well, okay. I mean, some of them do. Who's the worst James Bond? (sighs) Fucking what's his name? Um, Pierce Brosnan? What? Shut your fucking mouth. You like him? Um, yeah. Uh, oh, Gold- I would have think Goldeneye's fantastic. Oh, I thought he was the bad one because my sister told me that she sat by him at um at a Paul McCartney concert, and he didn't seem very nice. And I was like, oh yeah, because I always thought that people didn't like him. But um, no, he. I mean, he, like his last movie really fucking sucked. But I mean, Goldeneye's amazing. Like. 
and he's a great Bond. Also, like, what do you mean he doesn't seem nice, like, sitting somebody next to a concert? What does that even mean? I don't know. You know how you get, like, vibes from, like, celebrities sometimes? I don't know. If somebody was, like, staring at me at a concert, I probably wouldn't be particularly nice to them either. <laughs> oh. oh, oh, um, um, George, George Lazenby, that's his fucking name. That's what I couldn't think of. Oh, okay. I'm not a huge fan of Dalton, but. I like, I like Pierce Brosnan. I like, I mean, Sean Connery fucking obviously like he's a huge piece of shit, but he's great. Um, Sean Connery's a piece of shit. Um, yeah, he is a huge jackass. Uh, Google Google Sean Connery slapping women. He's a piece of shit. Um, I I don't know. I, I mean, Daniel Craig might be the best just because he's the, like the actual best actor who's ever played him. Oh, no. I didn't know that about Sean Connery. Why are people awful? Yeah, I mean, everybody's fucking awful. Anyway, yeah, Tarkin. Yay. Yeah, it's exciting that we're getting a character like Tarkin. Because we still don't know really a lot about him. Like, we've seen him in, like, two movies now. But that's it. Like, maybe we get to, like, the lore and, like, the backstory of Tarkin. And why why he's I the way he is. believe the Tarkin novel... Belusino is still canon. Because I think that was after the reset. Hopefully. I think so. And that had all sorts of interesting things about him. Like, his character, like, there's... And I know not everybody loves that book. I know Steel Saunders in particular did not like it. There's a bunch of side story stuff there with, like, some pirates in the stolen ship that gets... Uh, pretty dull but the stuff that's about Tarkin especially about Tarkin as a kid and his crazy ass family where you like get abandoned on a wild planet and have to fend for yourself and kill creatures and like people and if you die then I guess you don't really get you know then you weren't a real Tarkin is the idea and like it, like reading that Tarkin novel is like, oh my god, everything about this character now makes sense to me. Well, that's so sad then that you know his final destination was on the Death Star being blown up, like that he easily could have just left, but that was his doom. And just to think about all the things that he had to do to like stay a Tarkin, like you know, basically be on an island and it's Survivor, but there's no cast or there's no like. There's no people bringing you water behind the scenes. Like, you're all by yourself. It's a good book. I really liked it. Except the pirate shit was, was dumb and went on too long. But again, the, the, the like young Tarkin backstory. Fascinating. It's hard to incorporate an interesting pirate scene in your show or book. 
And it's just funny because it's also written by it's written by the same guy who wrote Darth Plagueis, a book I cannot stand. Oh, I hope King Tom didn't listen to that part. Dude, I've talked about it with King Tom before. He knows that I fucking hate it. I haven't heard that name in a long time. King Tom? <laughs> no, Darth Plagueis. <laughs> but no, I, I hear King Tom's name sometimes. All the time. I mean, he is on a lot of podcasts. He is, and he got in a really bad squirrel accident. <laughs> Yes, there was definitely, definitely a squirrel accident. Um, the next one is trickier to talk about, which is maybe there's going to be a solo two on Disney Plus. Huge question mark at this point. Uh, partially because like this came out that they're you know they wouldn't and 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 this came out from people who I do you know like like Corey and Noah have have talked about this yeah, that they've been hearing about a solo two happening, um, and maybe like as, as a like a as a movie, and maybe that'll even like lead into the Young Lando show or something. But a couple of days ago. Ron Howard was doing an interview and he just flat out said there's no solo sequel in the works. Now, those two stories aren't necessarily contradictory. It could be there's this thing happening on Disney Plus that he has no involvement in. And when he says there's no solo two happening, he means there's no theatrical film that he knows of. Mm. But it, it seems weird to me that he wouldn't at least know about a Disney plush uh, movie happening even if he's not involved in it yeah I mean if he said there's not I would assume there's not like I, I think that Ron Howard like would know what's going on and I'm not saying that because I really don't want a solo too although I'm we do saying, not want a solo too well no like who you know that this article says that for a long time, Stars fans have wanted a sequel to Solo. I'm like, who are those people? Show well, me those can, people. They can get a hashtag trending, and apparently that's all that matters. Yeah, just please don't tag me in, in the hashtag Chris Fresh. Like, I, I, I'm not for it. Thank you, though. Thank you for tagging me <laughs> in your Make Solo 2 Happen hashtag. <laughs> What's great is that I have it, like, permanently muted. So I don't even know when that shit happens anymore. Like even as like somebody tagging me as a joke or and I muted it because people were tagging me being like, hey, retweet this. And I'm like, no, but I can't even look at Alden. Like I'm seeing the picture from the article. Like I, I can't like it just it's weird. I don't I don't like it. But oh, there's him again. Uh, just you know, we're already getting so much Star Wars as it is, you know, like maybe, maybe we're good. Maybe we don't need to solo too, you know? Well, also the fact that we're getting a Lando series, or at least we all assume at this point we're getting a Lando series. We know they're working on a Lando series, even if it's not officially announced yet. Um, makes me want solo two even less. Because like the fact that we're hearing about solo two and 
like Darth Maul coming in on all their projects. I'm like, are we just, are we, is this like, we're just going to get stuck in these like five years now? Come on. Like if we're doing Lando, Lando series, then do like your next thing should be in an entirely different era. Yeah. Just, we already know what happens after Revenge of the Sith and what happens before A New Hope. Like, I, I don't think we need any more. You know, we're getting Cassian, which is cool. We're getting Lando, which is awesome. But I think that's it. I think we should close close the book and open up a new book. Of... Just do do a bunch of do a bunch of like solo comic books. That is so easy for me to ignore and does not take up a slot that could be used by more interesting television project. Why the heck aren't they doing that? Like we already have eighty five issues of Vader. Why don't we have? A couple issues of Young Han and Kira making out in a closet or something. I mean, like, maybe they maybe they think it wouldn't sell, but if that's the case, then it seems weird to think that but, they would be doing a movie about it. Just uh, Lucasfilm is, you know, Marvel or the Marvel Comics. I don't know. Well, I know that we'll get. 85 issues of Vader in the next year and nothing of Han Solo, unfortunately. So there's that. I mean, it's hard for me to care too much about that because I wouldn't read him anyway. I guess. But, I mean, I feel like those Make Solo 2 people deserve at least, like, something. Because, I mean, they've been sitting there putting that hashtag up for, like, two years now. and Okay. Well, they got Solo and they're getting a Lando show. Oh, then. Perfect. There we go. Book closed. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I just I don't think it's a very good movie. It's not. I like to forget it exists. But I mean, it brought us Donald Glover's Lando. So I guess I'll remember that part. He's great. And I like Invis Nest a lot. I would read an Invis Nest book. Yeah, why don't you put her in the Lando show? Maybe they will. Seems an obvious choice. Seems the only choice. Can they bring back uh, Val and put Val in? Because I liked Val. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Thandie Newton has uh, has as much desire to do that. Good point. She's too good for us. Look, I mean, she's fucking way too good for it. Way too good for getting killed off before we even actually, like, know her character at all. Well, shall we move on to email and voicemail? Yes, let's do that. Okay. Okay. We have a fuck, Mary kill from our friend Ian. Ian says, hey, Canto Bite Dispatch. Hope y'all have been doing fine and dandy so far. I have a kill, Mary fuck for y'all. Vin Diesel as Dom Toretto. Vin Diesel as Riddick. Or Vin Diesel as Xander Cage. 
Let me know what you think, and may the force be with you, Ian. Okay, here's the problem, Ian, and thank you, thank you for writing in. This is a good one. I'm going to have to put a pin in this one because although I have watched all of the Fast and the Furious movies, and we are my friend Steve and I are currently working through the Vin Diesel filmography, we are only up to Iron Giant. I have never seen any of the. I haven't seen Pitch Black. I haven't seen Chronicles of Riddick. And I have seen zero of the triple uh, X movies. So I cannot answer this question yet. But if you send it again in a couple of months, then I can answer it. Would you fuck Dom though? <sighs> Here's the thing. I think Vin Diesel's a good looking dude. And in like a weird like buff like broy kind of way I, I like him as a sexual being i cannot deal with like because he's he's a robot he's not a person like at any time he was like making out with michelle rodriguez and fast and the furious i would be like covering my eyes it would make me so uncomfortable oh and i don't know what it is because again he's not he's not like he's some like hideous weird looking dude or anything but there's just something to like seeing him make out with somebody is so unattractive. Oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe you just want to be making out with Vin Diesel. I mean, I don't like. I totally would make out with Vin Diesel because then I get to tell the story about that time I made out with Vin Diesel. But the thought of it's weird because again, he's not like a person. He is such a like a performance. Of an of a person, maybe that's it. I don't know. It's very it's a very strange like thing with him. Well, that's the interesting part that he's a performance person. Like he can make out with you in like seventeen different ways. No, what I mean is he's not like he's not human. Well, yeah. I mean, (laughs) I feel like there is a person who Vin Diesel is, but the Vin Diesel like personality has consumed all of that and so i don't know if he's a person anymore like i don't know if he knows how to be anybody other than the persona that he created because he thought that this like this was how you be a cool guy probably But we did just get up to Iron Giant in my Vin Diesel podcast, and um, we haven't released any of those yet except the Fast and the Furious ones because we're we're going to do that um, later this month in conjunction with a fundraiser thing we're doing. But he's so good in Iron Giant; like he's actually like a genuinely good voiceover actor. Um, like everybody like makes fun of the fact that he only has the one line in Guardians of the Galaxy, but the nuances that he managed to put on I Am Groot is genuinely impressive. And he's only got a few lines in Iron Giant, and it's like devastatingly like emotional at times. He's so good as this like giant cartoon robot. Does this mean you're going to watch uh, Guardians of the Galaxy on your Vin Diesel watch? We are skipping the Marvel movies, um, partially because we don't want to see them again, but also because like it's just it's just the same thing, and like it's like he's not quite in it enough. Like we're just we're not doing any of the Marvel. 
it was the decision we came to because I felt like if we did a, if we did like one Marvel movie, then we were going to have to do like Avengers and all of those ones that he's in later, like the last couple Avengers movies, and I'm not going to watch those. God, they were so good though, but I respect it. I have no. I I've I've seen the first Avengers movie, and I saw like part of Age of Ultron, and then I haven't seen any of the last ones, and my co-host Steve hated the last two. So, oh no, why did he hate them? I don't know. We haven't really talked about it much, but he fucking hated them, and I think probably a lot, a lot of the same reasons that I would hate them. So I'm just not going to bother at this point. That's fair. But we're doing everything else, which means we're going to end up watching the Pacifier again. Oh, good Disney movie. No, it's terrible. It's a terrible movie. Oh man! But I got through Saving Private Ryan, and that was the one that was like going to be the worst for me. So, another Tom Hanks film you got through? Ugh. War movies, miserable. Yeah, Tom Hanks though. I mean, that didn't help. <laughs> uh, I know. So, we got a voicemail. I have no idea what's on this voicemail. This is a voicemail from noted monster, Chris Fresh. Uh, Please check out his podcast, The Geek Dudes, and also um, Hey Hey, It's the Podcast, which recently relaunched. Um, So listen to both of those. We love him, but I'm slightly scared about what this is going to be. I know. He hasn't directly added us in like a little bit so i'm curious to see what what we've done wrong (laughs) or right possibly all right here we go there canto bite it's chris fresh from the geek dudes podcast here long time no speak i hope you're both doing well but when i think of asking collecting questions my mind naturally went to the canto by dispatch <laughs> and particularly the main collector on the show downtown Brittany brown the mariah carey of podcasting now Brittany, i hope you are lying back as i'm about to ask this question in fact i'm positive that you are um, I've just got a question about the big Millennium Falcon. I don't know if you've noticed that, but there's a reissue of this giant Millennium Falcon. And it was meant to be a Disney Parks thing. And it's going to be released online, maybe into stores. I don't know. I'm in Australia. We won't see this thing. And if we do, it's going to cost $1 million. Anyway, my question is, with you being a Disney aficionado, is... If this was sold at the park, do people buy things this big and carry it around? It really just seems a bit ridiculous. Like, this thing would be quite weighty and certainly awkward. So what I was wondering is, I don't know, have you scoped the the toys and collectibles at Disney? I assume you have. Like, do people carry around giant bags filled with product is it something that you grab at the end do they have a service that takes it to your car how does this all work because i refuse to believe although i I love the visual of somebody somebody buying a giant fuck off millennium falcon and carrying it around it just doesn't seem 
it just doesn't seem realistic that's what's going to occur. So I'm wondering, Brittany, what happens with big Disney purchases? Hope you're both well. We'll speak soon. Sure, it will be in the form of a fight. Love you both. <laughs> Bye. I mean, you are you are podcasting from bed. Yeah, I am, and I'm literally covered in a blanket right now. So that's very Mariah of me. I'm not wearing heels though. I almost wore socks, so I feel like socks is like the equivalent to Mariah Carey wearing heels. <laughs> You're a very fancy lady. Of course, I'm not even in my own bed. I'm in a man's bed. Does but Boo know? Probably not. So, giant fuck-off Millennium Falcons bought at Disney. Yeah, I could see it. Um, the equivalent to that would be um, uh, the downtown Disney store, the World of Disney, carries the large... Uh, Cinderella's castle or it's either Cinderella's or Sleeping Beauties. I think that the parks in Florida have ours and we have theirs. And I see that sometimes people carry that. But also I've been seeing since Galaxy's Edge opened uh, people, they have little canisters for the lightsabers. They love to carry that around because Disney people love showing off what they've bought. And especially right now in Florida, seeing all the people with the Splash Mountain merch, they love carrying those 50 bags around being like, look at all the Splash Mountain merch I bought. Look at all the thousands of dollars I wasted because I'm going to sell this shit on eBay. And it's it's very interesting. Um, there's a service at Disneyland where uh, you can, and Disney World, where you can purchase something and then they ship it to your hotel room. Or they can hold it for you and you can pick it up at the end of the day. They just have it. You fill out a ticket. And in some cases in Florida, Disney World, which is another reason why Disney World is fucking fantastic. You can purchase it in the store and they ship it to your house. Which, fantastic. Fan-fucking-tastic. Great customer service. Great. Just you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about putting it in your suitcase, you know, because you go to Florida and you want to buy the whole fucking park. But you can't because you can't fit that in your suitcase. Southwest is going to charge you extra for your bag weighing 75,000 pounds. But uh, usually I see a lot of people carrying the little droids. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the parks reopen and they sell the Falcon and people would be carrying that Falcon around. But I... I don't know. That's interesting. Maybe I should get that for Carlos. <laughs> I think he'd like that. The Falcons, like, that's his, like, all-time favorite ship. I think this might be the first time we've gotten a collecting question. Yeah. I feel like everybody should direct their collecting questions to us from now on. Uh, fuck off bad motivators. We're just going to do it all. I think I should. I'm the most qualified to do it. <laughs> Apparently so. But, yeah, Disney is interesting with buying merchandise. And I think that's one of my favorite parts about Disney is just looking around and seeing, like, what people have bought. Like, because the lightsabers are so expensive. They're $200. And so are, like, the little droids. Like, they carry around the little little canister for the droids. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, you've spent $500 
today in the park, not counting your park ticket. Like my mind is just always blown over that. And of course, there are people that are holding like little like tiki mugs they get from the tiki room or they get like the $15 churros or the hats, Um, just the merchandise there in general, you know, like the spirit jerseys I get. Those are actually really expensive. And I'm mad at myself because they had the 65th anniversary spirit jersey and I was like, I don't need this. And then I'm thinking, dang it, I should have gotten it because it was really cute. It was blue. And then on the back of it, because usually it says Disneylanders New World, it said the happiest place on earth. And I'm just like, oh. and it was in, the, it's a small world font too. And I love that ride. I'm just like, oh, I shouldn't have gotten it. But it, it was a lot of money and it's probably better off I didn't get it anyways. And it'll probably show up in the discount Disney store anyways in the next couple months or years. So <laughs> I'm probably good. I got a stuffed Minnie Mouse when I went to Disney World. Do you still have it? No. Possibly it is in a bin somewhere in my parents' house, but I think my mom like went through those a couple years ago and like like sent me the one like one or two things that I asked for. And that was not one of them. But Yeah, I love hearing about people's uh merchandise that they get at disney or like the disney memories that they connect to merchandise like for instance i remember one of the family trips i took my dad took me to the hat store because my fair skin and i was burning and he's like pick out a hat and i was like picking out all like the princess hats he's like no like a hat to cover your face with the sun (laughs) and i got this like really weird like goofy hat where it's like goofy and his like mouth is like really long so that like my whole face is covered from the sun it was just a ridiculous hat but I think I still, I, I know I still have it because I see it in my closet every now and then and laugh. That's, yeah, I got the Minnie Mouse and I got a little like Mickey covered autograph book that I could have all of the like costume cast members sign. Oh, I love those. That I also no longer have. I'm not the most like nostalgic person when it comes to things Hmm. yeah I feel like I used to be really nostalgic like I used to have like a little box and I would have a bunch of like movie tickets I would put like my old phones in there I would put stuff from dates with boys I don't know like little wristbands from you know this events that I worked for community service in high school Yeah, I mostly but, have yeah. like small things and things that were other people's, not like stuff that was mine as a kid. Like I have mm-hmm. one or two stuffed animals, but then I have like a necklace that was my grandmother's or like a little glass bluebird that my gra- my other grandmother gave me and like stuff like that. Like that I'm nostalgic for, but like, oh, here's something I got on vacation when I was eight, like doesn't like do much for me. That's why family pictures sometimes are great to have, too. Like, you know, pictures you took here, or like a picture you took on the cruise ship, where it's a weird angle, so you look like you have five chins. Like, <laughs> It's a very specific example. <laughs> uh, nostalgia. But thank you, Chris Fresh, for the collecting question. I love answering questions, and I love answering Disney questions with all my heart because 
God, I, I love that place and I miss it. And it just, it feels nice to be able to talk about it. And it turned out I didn't need to be suspicious of that question at all. Yeah. Like, I mean, to be honest, I was expecting either something like, like to fight about or something like super dirty. I'm, I'm almost disappointed. Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here waiting, you know, shit after I said on the podcast a couple weeks ago that I lost like 70 pounds. Like, I'm just I'm sitting here waiting. <laughs> but no, I'm I'm really happy to hear from Fresh. So, Brittany. Yeah. Did you watch Ghostbusters? Okay, funny story about that. So, so that's a no. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, usually, like, around, like, Sunday, Sundays or, like, Saturday nights, you know, I always talk to Carlos. I'm like, hey, what are we going to do next weekend that we see each other? So, last weekend, he was like, hey, Ghostbusters is playing. And Lorena and Araj want to see it, too, because Lorena has never seen it. And I'm like... Oh, that's awesome. Like, we're going to go see Ghostbusters. It's going to be great. I'm going to be doing my homework. It's fantastic. And then so I'm in the car on Friday. You're driving over to Carlos's. I'm talking to him on the phone. And I'm like, I'm really excited to see Ghostbusters tomorrow. He's like, Brittany, we're seeing the Goonies tomorrow. And I'm like, no, you said Ghostbusters. And he's like, why would I say Ghostbusters? I was playing a couple weeks ago. And I'm like, no. So I saw the Goonies, though. Okay, first of all, fuck the Goonies. Secondly, just goddamn rent the Ghostbusters. I'm too cheap and awful, but I have to do it. I have to do it, and I will. It's like four fucking dollars. Yeah. Honestly, you could probably find it used on DVD or Blue 8 for less than that. Probably. If I don't review it by the next time we record, then I'm firing myself because I'm not capable of doing anything. What did you think of the Goonies? Oh, it was good. I've seen it before. I haven't seen it in a long time, though. I, I always forget that Josh Brolin's in it. Yeah, Ghostbusters is two ninety nine to rent on Amazon Prime. Oh. Cool. Yeah, I'll have to watch it. I say that every week, but it's time. It, it's, it, it's time. This is my wake-up call. I need to do it. Okay, but you did watch the season one finale of Deadwood. Oh, yeah, that shit was good. Uh, This is episode 12, Sold Under Sin. What did you think? Well, I was happy that it finally happened. My show OTP finally got together. After he... Beats the holy shit out of her father. Rightfully so, though. Like, so it's it's heavily, heavily insinuated that Alma was abused by her dad sexually. Yes. And he doesn't threaten, but it seems like he is to do the same to Sophia Sophia and Alma's like no no and then she goes over to Seth and she's like dude you gotta help me out and he goes crazy like he he's de- 
defending his woman. Like, he's like a lion going out for prey. Like, I have never seen this look from a man before. Like, this is a man trying to protect his woman. Like, he just is so mad. I'm surprised he just didn't kill him right there. And I just love how just all the characters are kind of, like, surrounding, like, this situation. You know, you see Charlie Utter and Joni. You see Alma. You see... um, Tolliver, you see everyone just gathering around and Alma's dad's trying to be like, oh, it was her that killed Brom Garrett, which uh, honestly, like, who gives a shit still? Like, I can't believe like people still care about that. But I mean, I feel like it's like known it, it known that it was it was fucking uh, what's his name that did it? Well, I mean, yeah, it's Swearingen who kills him. I mean, well, it's yeah. Dan who kills him, but under Swearingen's orders. But yeah, no, her dad's like, 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 if you don't give me money, I'm going to tell people that you engineered your husband's death. Because he's a very bad father. $45,000. Like, how the fuck do you lose, especially during that time? I mean, that's, I, I, I don't, I don't know what the, that's, a, that's so much money today that I can't even, like, comprehend it. That's fucking dumb. That's what that is. Like, what a stupid, stupid guy. Um, unfortunately, the pastor passed. That's one way to put it. Yeah, Al helped out with that process. And it is, from Al's standpoint entirely an act of mercy yeah um not one that the reverend actually would have wanted because that some you know religious implications there that are not great but this is one of those times when al like absolutely thinks he's doing like the right merciful thing Yeah, I mean, in a way, I see where he's coming from, and it's wonderful knowing that he cares so much for for him, and that, you know, when he was doing it, he was you know, saying, you can sleep now, brother, you can rest now, brother, and just, I don't know, it, I get how horrifying and crazy, like, the act is of, like, literally, like, killing someone, but, you know, especially seeing Doc, like, just, like, crying, and praying for, you know, for the Reverend's life to end. Yeah. Like, Brad Dourif, it's so good as Doc Cochran. Like, it is a, like, just, like, balls-out performance in this episode. Um, the other stuff that's going on, so Con Stapleton is the guy who's the guy who took over as sheriff, um, basically... Uh, Tolliver gets him to provoke a fight in Chinatown and kill somebody and uh, Bullock does not react well to this and uh, like yanks the badge off him and throws it in the like mud and calls him a piece of shit and then <laughs> it's so good like, there's so much interesting stuff with Bullock you know, going on here because first you have like the beating the shit out of Alma's dad and then so like this this like 
army troop has arrived in town. And along, like, so you have him, you have Alma's dad, you also have, like, the magistrate is back in town because he got there, like, before Adams could kill him like he agreed to do last week. And so there's all these people there. And with the, like, there's a couple things happening, which is first, Seth goes to Dan and basically tells him, hey, you and Al need to finish off Alma's dad because otherwise you're totally going to get fucked on Brahm's death. (laughs) And what I love is how self-righteous Bullock tries to be and how Dan totally calls him on it. Because Bullock's like, I don't, you know, like, I don't mess around with that shit. And Dan's basically like, sure you don't. What the fuck you're doing here then? Shit, no shit. And I just, I feel like Seth is just so invested in everything with Alma. And I feel like, like, it's it's just getting to the point where it's just too much. Like, I know he's trying to be Mr. Sheriff, but it's for... And not the right reasons. Right. And in in the end, because Seth is like Seth, like in the end he goes to um to the, the to the general and is like, you have to get um you have to get Russell out of here because otherwise he's gonna get killed. So he he does like regret like th- th- like telling Dan that, but the fact that he did it at all like shows it's not he's not quite the guy he wants to pretend he is yeah but you also get one of the coolest scenes in the world which is at the the end when when he goes to to swear and at the end and tells him he'll be the fucking sheriff i love them i just i love like just the weirdness of them together and just like them coming to an agreement that he'll be the sheriff and him like putting it on the tit. <laughs> it's so great. I, I love like I mean especially because how they started out at the beginning of the season like nearly fucking killing each other. Uh, the the sort of amused way Al now looks at all of Seth's bluster and, like, he respects him a lot, but there is this, like, because Al doesn't really have any of time for that kind of, like, bravado in terms of, like, Seth, like, thinking what a noble guy he is. But mm-hmm. at the same time, he does know that Seth is, at heart, a noble guy and and does respect that. But he also thinks it's a little bit silly. Yeah. I love that comment that he said about how he's like never met Alma and like if like she's worth all of this shit. Isn't that weird? Yeah. That there's like major characters in this show that is set in a single town that have and they've never met that they've never met. Like the, and you don't even think about it until one of them says something about it. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, let's see, you get Adams slitting Magistrate Quagger, who's the guy who was uh, blackmailing Al. You get him slitting his throat and sort of 
cementing his spot as one of Al's henchmen. And you get uh, you get Tolliver trying to make a play with the military general and failing. And then we get a really a really great ending that's like heartwarming and nice. Cause Doc has made the boot for Jewel and it works. And there's like dancing. And it is genuinely so sweet. It is. I love when he was giving her the boot too, and he's like, here's your goddamn boot. <laughs> I love how like grumpy and kind of mean he is about it, because he's so like he's so worried. That but he can't like he can't just be like, hey, I'm really worried. It's always yelling. And, and I love that Jewel's just like, dude, calm the fuck down. I'll tell you if anything hurts. Like, because he's like, you know, if anything hurts at all, if this is uncomfortable anyway, you have to tell me and stop using it. And finally, she's just like, calm the fuck down. Yeah, and then she asks him to dance, and then they dance together. And she looks like she's walking great with it. She seems so happy, too. Yeah, and she, she has a great line. Say, like, she tells him, say I'm a nimble as a forest creature. And he goes, you're as nimble as a forest creature. She goes, no, say it about yourself. <laughs> just beautiful just that that episode in general was just so so good like just finales in general but is there a big time like hop there to season two there is a time hop i am not entirely clear on how big it is because uh, it's hard to keep track of the time passage on Deadwood. Yeah. Um, it's it's not like five years or anything like that. Yeah. But there's stuff that's sort of established as, oh, this is now the status quo, where it's got to be at least a couple of months. But um, it's quite the season opener um there's some crazy stuff with uh Seth and Al there's a couple of new characters introduced who will be very important like several new characters actually including some who have been mentioned on the show before And you also Ooh. get mm, probably, I, I know I just said how much I, I love the I'll be the fucking sheriff line, but you get what is genuinely maybe the best line in all of Deadwood and the most sort of encapsulating line in all of Deadwood. It's great. It's exciting. I'm excited. Yeah, we're all, I mean, we're, we're ready to start season two already. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. It feels like just yesterday I started this Deadwood journey. But you've enjoyed it overall? Oh, yeah. I really like it. I mean, I always look forward to watching it. It's never, 
you know, being like, oh, I have to go watch Deadwood. It's like, okay, Deadwood time. Yay. That makes me, that makes me very happy. That's good. I'm glad. Because I love it a lot. And I want everybody to watch it. Yeah, I'm surprised more people don't. Like, I, I'm really curious to see, like, who's interested in our Deadwood conversations. Because I feel like the only person I've really talked to about Deadwood is, you know, you and Amanda. Oh, yeah. Amanda, really. I said that was, that was, I didn't know that before. That was cool. But if you do watch Deadwood, please reach out to me and let me know. Because I want to talk about Deadwood all the time. Yeah. Which is why I sort of hijacked half of our podcast into being a Deadwood podcast. I mean, we have to at this point. Like, just the amount of Star Wars news is, like, depressing. And I always hate sitting here being like, oh, so uh, what vegetables did you eat today? Or just, you know. True. And right now there's not even, like, like, even if we did broader pop culture stuff, it's not like there's news. Because nobody's making movies right now, and we don't know when any movies are going to be coming out. So, like, San Diego Comic-Con technically just happened, and there's not even anything there that, like, I'm, I'm not, and again, not just Star Wars stuff, there's nothing there for us to talk about. Nope. Nothing. So it's got to be old stuff. So, Deadwood, and you gotta watch Ghostbusters. I will. I will. I need another movie to watch after that, too. So, if you have any movie recommendations, or I think you just have to spit out movies and ask if um, I've seen them. I think Catherine's asked a lot if I've seen, um, I think, Pride and Prejudice, and I've never seen that. You've never seen any version of it? No. Okay. I mean, I say see the Colin Firth like miniseries, but I mean, we got to watch the we got to watch the Baby Teeth, the new Mendo one. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's in first place. After Ghostbusters, second place. Ghostbusters comes before Mendo. Vacuums come before Mendo. Please watch Ghostbusters. It's really I will. It's... Don't worry. Have you seen? I'll watch them. I'll watch them vacuum up the ghost. Because that's what they do, right? Is that they vacuum up the ghost, and then the ghost looks like the tire guy. You know the tire guy? Like the, the, I don't know the, what tire shop. The Michelin Man. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen Wayne's World? No. You might, you might be too young to like enjoy Wayne's World. I don't know. You've seen Bill and Ted, right? No. Okay, that that's going on the list. Excellent adventure. I think I'd like Bill and Ted. You don't have to watch Bogus Journey; it kind of blows. But Excellent Adventure is great i mean it's not as dumb as dog shit but it's so much fun is keanu reeves bill or ted just watch the fucking movie (laughs) he's ted theodore logan 
Oh. Theodore. Like the chipmunk. I've seen Alvin and the chipmunks. Have you seen Alvin and the chipmunks? You mean like that horrifying live action movie? No, I've seen the old Alvin and the chipmunks cartoons. Oh, We're man, the chipmunks. The, the new ones are horrifying. I recommend those. They're horrifying. You recommend them. Great. Mm-hmm. No, I think I'll think I'll be I'll think I'll be skipping those. Okay. Just let me know. I mean, you never know. Vin Diesel might have had a voice appearance in Alvin and the Chipmunks. He doesn't. That, you know, might have gotten. You never know. Maybe in the well, next. Well, I do one. know because I know what his fucking filmography is. Maybe there's an uncredited part. Oh, I'd still that know. He did. You don't understand how like much research has gone into Vin Diesel at this point. I love that. We're taking it very seriously. You mean you have to? It's Vin Diesel. I mean, he takes it serious. You got to take it serious for him too. He does know? take it seriously, though. That's one of the things I like like about him. Like, for all the diva stories you hear about him and whatever, I think he's probably a little, at least a little bit of a jackass and maybe majorly a jackass. But he takes every project he does very seriously. And that's pretty good. Yeah, like, I don't think I don't think it's necessary. Like, I also, there's plenty of actors who totally realize when they're not or dog shit, and that's also respectable. But I, I like that he, like, goes to bat for everything he does. Yeah. Huh? Anything else going on? No, I think that's it. I think we've covered everything from uh, Solo 2 to Deadwood. So. All right. Uh, Brittany, where are you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Instagram as Brittany the Ginger. What about you? I am on Twitter and Instagram at EF Lind. You can hear my Fast and the Furious, which is soon to be a Vin Diesel podcast um, at Fan and the Furious. Um, and I'll have an announcement probably next week about a charity fundraiser we're doing for Housing Works since our uh, 24-hour Cats Marathon got sidelined by COVID, but we've got another thing worked out, which will be pretty cool. Um, so that'll be fun. Stay tuned for that if you can, because Housing Works is a great charity. Uh, other than that, follow the podcast, Twitter, and Instagram at CantobitePod. Email us, CantobitePod at gmail.com. As you saw today, you can send us emails or you can send us voice messages like Chris Fresh did. Send us fuck Mary kills, even though we can't always answer them. Sorry, Ian. Um, Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, retweet the show if you can. Other than that, I think we're good. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Uh, Kanto bitch number one doing it fulcrum style. Uh, check it out. Listen up, y'all, because this is it. Fuck all the rest, be a Kanto bitch. Brittany the Jinch and Emily Lynn. Bet on these two to show place and win. These are the girls you've been looking for. Unique takes on Star Wars and more. Listen every week for laughs and fun. Take it from me, Kanto bitch number one. All my girls at-
can't quit. How do you become a bitch like me? Podcast you gotta download CBD. Send emails, just listen and chill. Give them some names to fuck, Mary kill. Ask them a question or send a top three. Mine is Lindo, Brittany, and me.